The world needs some good news. I need some good news. You need good news. All of us do. Whether you're a Christian or not, regardless if you consider yourself religious or not, or where you fall on the spiritual spectrum of things, every single human being in this day and time could use some good news. It's no mistake, it's not by coincidence that the mission of Jesus, the message of Jesus, is referred to as the good news. If you've heard the word gospel used in in reference to church settings uh, by Christians, the word gospel literally means good news. It's interesting to me and, and kind of sad how through the years, though, Christians, and specifically church, has become most associated with bad news, right? When you think about it. A message of gloom and doom and you better look out and watch out and God's upset and all this kind of stuff. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, because there's so much bad news out there. Haven't you watched the news? I try not to. I see enough. Yes, there is a lot of bad news out there. You're exactly right. There's a lot of bad stuff out there. And I would say that's why we desperately need to hear good news. And, and to be very transparent, this is why we are doing a series called It's Gonna Be Okay, because people need some good news. And we're going to get good news by doing a deep dive into the most beloved psalm in the scriptures, Psalm 23. In fact, you could go so far as to say it's the most beloved part of probably the entire Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, often the most quoted Psalm 23. Now, unfortunately, most of the time people don't hear Psalm 23, talk about Psalm 23, or read or quote Psalm 23 unless they're at a funeral. You guys went to that same one too, huh? Yeah. There's a perfectly good reason and explanation for that, and we'll get to that in this series. I mean, that makes sense. But Psalm 23 is a psalm of very, very good news that we need to hear, not just at funerals. It's a good news about our lives and about the God who cares for us. Helps us understand it's going to be okay. And maybe you're, you're thinking, how can you say that? How can you say and make a statement that it's going to be okay? Have you seen the world? How can you say it's going to be okay? Have you seen my life? Do you know what's going on in my world? Here's the deal. I, I know there's a lot of bad stuff out there. I know there's probably a lot of bad stuff going on in, in some of your lives right now. And I can't explain all of that away. I can't give you an explanation or an answer to the why question that perfectly makes sense of everything that's going on in the world and everything that's going on in your life. Besides, if, if I did, if I tried and actually came up with a plausible explanation for why you're going through what you're going through or why you faced what you have faced in your life, I'm not sure if it would help. I'm not sure if it would make anything better. I mean, think about it. I mean, you go through enough pain. You go through something deep enough. And if someone were to come up to you and say, well, here's why. Here's why your life's being ripped apart. Do you think you would go, oh, well, I'm okay with it now? No. Not going to get an explanation for some points of pain in our lives that's going to make it okay. So I'm not going to try to explain away what's going on. 
And at the same time, I know I don't know the future, but I do know this. Listen very carefully. For those who belong to God, it's going to be okay. And I don't mean just in the end. I'm not talking about like just in the sweet by and by kind of place, you know. I mean, it's going to be okay along the way. And it's so important for you to know that. So let me set the parameters right up front, because Psalm 23 is poetry. Psalm 23 is um, artistic expression. Psalm 23 was used in the worship of God in the Old Testament scriptures. They used to sing it. And in the Psalm 23 that you and I have come to love, understand that anytime there's a reference to sheep in this psalm, that means me and you. That's us. That's us. It's an analogy. So any sheep terminology or any references to sheep is a reference to me, to you, to us as human beings. And any reference to the shepherd is a reference to God, more specifically to Jesus. Because Jesus, as we will see in just a moment, is called the good shepherd, our good shepherd. You say, well, how do you make that leap? Okay, real quick. Jesus is God in flesh and bone. We've talked about this before many times. I'll say it again. When God wanted to reveal himself to the world, he sent Jesus. Jesus is what God has to say about himself to the world. If you want to get to know God and who he is and what he's like, all you got to do is look at Jesus. So any reference to sheep is us. Any reference to shepherd is God, most specifically Jesus himself. And it's such a huge part of the biblical narrative. All throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, you're going to come across this time and time again, references to shepherds, references to sheep, shepherd and sheep, sheep and shepherd. I mean, it's hard to really understand the flow of the scriptures without getting familiar with this terminology. For instance, when Jesus was talking about himself in the New Testament, John records Jesus as saying, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. It's exactly what Jesus did for us, for humanity, as our shepherd. Now, what's um, honest here is that you and I don't know a whole lot about sheeping and shepherding and stuff like that because it's not our day jobs. And, and, and I, at least I don't know if any of you, I mean, some of you may have a pet sheep. I mean, I don't know. But most of us don't live in areas where there's a lot of, you know, shepherds looking out for sheep. The Middle Eastern, it was very, very much a big part of their culture back then. So they knew it as a point of reference. So you and I have a lot to learn. And I've learned so much about shepherds and sheep. Yesterday, uh, my wife and I were on our way to um, doing a wedding uh, north of Asheville. And uh, we drove up through the mountains. Beautiful, gorgeous leaves. Oh, my goodness. Just breathtaking. Almost wrecked four or five times. And it would have been all good. Right, it's just that beautiful. But we, we were going up this windy, curvy road, and, and we came around a corner, and, and off in the holler, you guys know what a holler is? Off in the holler was a farm, an old farmhouse, an old farm place, and they had sheep. And I was this close. Had I not been almost going to run late for the wedding, because you know you want the pastor guy to be on time. So if I had not been running late, I would have stopped and done some selfies, you know, like... You know, that would have been fun, right, for this series? Yeah. You and I don't know a whole lot about that. So we have a lot to learn. 
And so together, we're going to learn and unpack this in a way that I think is going to be so encouraging and transformative. Interestingly enough, David, King David, who wrote Psalm 23, is called the shepherd king because as a young boy, he was a shepherd. That was part of his day job. And he learned that from his dad, Jesse, who was a shepherd. So David knows shepherds. David was a shepherd, and David knows sheep, because he used to watch over sheep. So we're going to listen to David, and we're going to learn some things together. And understand that even though this may be a little off-putting and challenging to you to think of yourself as a lowly sheep, in Psalm 23, we are to God as sheep are to a shepherd. Let's look at it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. You find yourself maybe saying that. It's so familiar to so many of us. In fact, I want you to take out your journals that we gave you. If you don't already have them out, and, and maybe this is going to be up here for a while. So maybe just write it out in your own handwriting. Remember what that is? Handwriting? Remember that? Just write it out. Something special happens in our brains when we remember things like we've talked about already when we write stuff down. Just write stuff down as it comes to your mind, as God impresses things on your heart, as you're thinking of things, or maybe questions that you're wondering. Because we want this to be an immersive experience as we hear this good news together. And let's begin with the opening line. What an opening line. The Lord is my shepherd. One of the most famous opening lines of all poetry. In fact, it's so familiar that if you were to walk into a crowd of people almost anywhere in the world and say, the Lord is my shepherd, and then be quiet, somebody or maybe a few people would continue it for you. I shall not want, you know. Because it's so familiar. What a powerful opening line that David is proclaiming something. He is admitting something. Interesting. David, as a shepherd, is saying, not only am I, I have a background as a shepherd, I am proclaiming now that I am a sheep. David, as a shepherd, was proclaiming as a sheep his connection to the Lord himself his shepherd. Proclaiming the Lord as his shepherd in two different senses, acknowledging God's authority, number one, over him, over us. And that word authority is misused and abused and often gets misunderstood. But the bottom line is this, the shepherd has authority over the sheep. Sheep are dependent on the shepherd. And so God does have authority over us, like it or not. But it's, it's not just an over us like a control kind of thing, because that certainly is there. It, it's not just authority over us, it's authority of us. So God takes full responsibility and has our best interest, your best interest, at the center of his heart. And just think about that. The creator of the stars of all of the galaxies of the universe, and at the same time, the creator of subatomic Particles that can only be seen greatly, greatly magnified cares for you and is your shepherd and you are his sheep. 
The Lord is my shepherd. What a proclamation of, of the shepherd's authority over us and of us. And it's a, a proclamation of David's dependence on his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I am his sheep. Acknowledging the shepherd's care over him. You understand, it's very important to understand, and as I read and learned more and more about sheep, that sheep are just simply not self-sufficient. They're just not. They are completely dependent on the shepherd. Sheep are quite simple creatures. They're clumsy. Often people refer to sheep as dumb. No, not you, but, you know, in general, and, and they're very timid creatures. And without the shepherd watching over them, they're in a mess. Remember, we are to God, but sheep are to shepherd. And David begins with this proclamation. Let's just make it clear. The Lord, Jesus, is our shepherd. We are his sheep, and that includes you and me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Interesting statement. Often misunderstood. I shall not want. Is not David's way of saying, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. No, it's not what he was saying. This was another way of David acknowledging how much the shepherd cared for him. Not that we won't ever experience hardships. He's not saying that we won't ever experience lack He's not saying that we won't ever experience need and neediness because, after all, we are sheep. What David is saying when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he's saying this. Let's put it in our language today. The Lord is my shepherd. He's got this. The Lord is my shepherd. He's got me. He's got this. He's got me. It, it's a statement that acknowledges just how much the shepherd cares for the sheep and that he has our best interest at the center of his heart in all things. Now, that does not mean that the shepherd's never going to let anything happen in the life of the sheep that's not a little scary. That, that he won't let things happen where we won't experience lack and need and things that remind us because sheep, we often, as sheep, Convince ourselves of our self-sufficiency only to realize we're anything but self-sufficient. And we are completely dependent on the care of our shepherd. And so David says, the Lord is my shepherd and I've learned, I've learned, he's got this. He's got me. He's got life. And he's got me in the palm of his hand. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then he breaks it down as examples, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Do you know, and I learned, maybe you knew this, I didn't know this, that if a shepherd doesn't help sheep lie down and make it possible for sheep to lie down and almost make sheep lie down, they won't lie down on their own. Do you know that? The sheep will just keep going and going and going and going and wandering and going and going and going until they just drop dead. They just fall over, right? Exhaustion. I wish there was an analogy of that in our lives. Sound familiar, doesn't it? Right? We just go, 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 go. And, oh, it's our shepherd that cares for us in such a way 
that wants us to learn what it means to rest. I learned that a, sh that a sheep will not rest, will not lie down until four things are present in their life, in their moment. Number one, they have to feel safe. If a sheep does not feel safe, they will not lie down in green pastures. They will not rest. Makes sense, right? I can relate to that. You can relate to that. Number two, they have to be at peace with the other sheep in the herd. It's very difficult to be at rest in life when you're in conflict, isn't it? With other people. Other people that love you, other people that you love. Number three, a sheep has to be free of um, pesky flies and parasites. Boy, don't we know that. It's true. No, okay, maybe not you. Bless you. <laughs> free of flies and parasites. As we will see later on in this series, that's a major problem for sheep. When a sheep is being bugged by the bugs, they have a hard time relaxing. And then fourthly, sheep have to be well fed. Now that I can relate to. Right? Can, can we not relate to that? I mean, right. And this is a reminder that lunch is coming soon. We have to be well fed as sheep. All right? Be taken care of. And so all of these things, all right? All these things, being well fed, being at peace with other sheep, free of flies and parasites and feeling safe, none of that a sheep can do for itself. All of that has to be provided for the shepherd. And it takes constant care, constant attention, and it's constant work in managing on the shepherd's part. And we'll see that in this series as we go through the next few weeks. What the shepherd does to make these things possible in the life of the sheep. David used this analogy to help us understand just what great lengths our Heavenly Father goes to. Great lengths Jesus has gone to, to care for you and me. He goes on. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. You know what I learned? I learned that sheep will not and cannot drink from a rushing river, from fast-moving water. They just, they just can't. They, they won't. It freaks them out. Freaks them out. Because Remember, okay, they're, they're clumsy, right? They're clumsy and, and very skittish. You could say sheepish. That's just the first pun of many that's coming your way. I'm just warning you. You know how my brain works. Right? Very sheepish. So, I mean, fast-moving water. They won't drink. They won't because, I mean, they're clumsy. They fall in. It's over. Especially when you're in full wool. You get all that wet. And it's like, I saw what happened to Bill yesterday. See you, Bill. Poor Bill. You know, I, I'm not going to. And so, watch this. What a shepherd will often do is dam up pools of water with logs and stones and brush he will dam up water to slow it down so his sheep can walk up in safety and without being freaked out sheep don't understand this sheep have no idea the extent of energy expended to care for them but yet that's what the shepherd does and David said he leads me to the places where I can drink where he's dammed up a pool of fresh water for me. What a beautiful analogy of the care of the shepherd. Then he, one more statement, that he restoreth my soul. This is why 
David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's got me. This is why he's got me. This is how I know he's got me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters, and he restores my soul. Sheep are in constant need of being restored. Constant need of being rescued and healed and strengthened because they're constantly getting into trouble. First of all, there's predators out there because sheep are easy prey. They cannot defend themselves, as we will see as we go through this series. So, so predators are constantly kind of waiting around for an opportune moment. And when they strike, it's hard to recover from. And so shepherds are constantly looking out for the sheep to restore them and rescue them when they get in a vulnerable place with predators. But not just that. There's not just predators attacking them from the outside. Sheep get themselves into trouble all the time. Again, they wander off and they get lost and they get stuck. They fall into a ravine and gullies. And, and to be quite honest, it, it doesn't sound very, um, it's not very good on our part, but especially when a sheep gets in full wool, sometimes they just tip over. They just fall over, right? I don't know if they ever push each other over, you know? Oh, but here's why that's significant. There's a word, there's a word that shepherds use in shepherd talk, shepherd language, when they're talking to each other and talking about their sheep. And when I heard this word and learned this word, immediately my mind went somewhere. It's the word downcast. Downcast. D-O-W-N-C-A-S-T. You might want to write it down. Downcast. A shepherd talks about a sheep being downcast when the sheep has fallen over. It happens a lot. When a sheep has fallen over, they cannot get themselves back up. The whole phrase of I've fallen and I can't get up probably started with sheep and shepherds, and we just didn't know it. But here's what I learned. It's when a sheep has fallen over on its side, or sometimes completely upside down with legs in the air, Right? Sheep does not have the ability to right itself, to pick itself back up. And because of the way a sheep's circulatory system works, if a sheep is on its side or on its back too long, it dies. And the shepherd is very well aware of this. And so the shepherd, I don't want to get ahead, but a shepherd with his staff is in constant awareness of where the sheep are, and here's one that is downcast, and he's constantly looking for opportunities to bring back to its feet a downcast sheep of his. And four times in the Psalms, mostly written by King David, four times in the Psalms, David uses the phrase downcast in reference to himself, in reference to what he was thinking and what he was feeling and what he was experiencing and saying, my soul is downcast within me. No doubt David, as a shepherd, is thinking of this word and thinking right now, my life is tipped over. I am upside down and I don't have the ability to right myself. I, I'm stuck, and I need rescuing. I need restoring. I wonder how many times in your life and my life we look back at times when we were downcast. In fact, maybe right now you're going, I am so downcast right now. My relationships are downcast. They're stuck. 
My marriage is downcast. I can't get this thing right-sided. My health, I'm downcast in my physical body. I'm downcast in my mind and I'm racked with depression and anxiety and worry and fear and doubt. I'm just downcast. Some of you may be right there right now and you need to know it's going to be okay because the shepherd specializes in restoring his downcast sheep. I, I think one of the best ways to to kind of summarize where we are so far in our journey through Psalm 23. And maybe it's just a foundation that reminds us, this is how we know it's going to be okay. And, and this is the foundation of good news. It's starting here. That as a sheep, just proclaiming this over your life, as a sheep, I am in complete dependence on, under the complete care of, and called to complete trust in our shepherd. This will be up here for the remaining of our time. So write it down in your notes. I, I am in complete dependence on. Complete dependence. It's hard for us to admit that we are not self-sufficient. It's hard for me to admit it. I know it's hard for you to admit it. But the sooner you get to the place where you can look at your life and just say to yourself and accept, I need my shepherd. I cannot do this on my own. I cannot. And I know we like to talk about, you know, we pulled ourselves up by my own bootstraps, but you do the research. Sheep don't wear boots. No straps to pull themselves up by. They just can't help themselves. We are in complete dependence. We are not self-sufficient. And wh what would it be like if we declared that over our lives regularly, daily? Father, I'm in complete dependence on you today. I mean, going into the office, I'm in complete dependence on you today. Uh, Paying bills that you don't know how we're going to get paid. Ultimately, Father, I'm in complete dependence on you. Going to the doctor's office, I'm in complete dependence on you. Having those icky, tricky, sticky conversations with people in your life, trying to resolve conflict, God, I'm in complete dependence on you. Jesus, shepherd, I depend on you. And I'm under the complete care of the shepherd. The watch care of Jesus over our lives. And I know that may sound odd and it may be frustrating to you because you look at your life and you're going, this is God caring for me? This is Jesus caring for me? Have you seen my life? Do you know what shape my marriage is in? Do you know what I just heard from the doctor? Do you know what's going on in my life? How can you tell me that God is caring for me? Because see, a sheep, we just assume, we just assume that we see and know and understand everything the shepherd does. But we cannot. We cannot because we are sheep. Sheep don't see what the shepherd sees. Sheep can't know what the shepherd knows and can't understand the just the magnificent understanding of the shepherd that he is pulling from to care for the sheep at all times and in every situation, even when they may not even when we may not feel cared for. Yeah, I'll admit it. There are times I'm going, where's the shepherd? Where, where, where's the shepherd? If you read through the Psalms, if you read through the Psalms, you'll see David time and time again expressing this. God, God where are you? God, 
I feel like you've left me. God, my enemies are crouching in to take me down. And, but then you'll see him come back. But I know, I know you're there. I know you're there. I know you're caring for me. I know you're watching over me. And often it's just that delicate dance of emotions. Like, God, what's going on? Oh no, Lord, I know you are caring for me. I don't see what you see. I don't know what you know. And I can't understand what you understand. So I have to acknowledge that I am called to complete trust in you, Jesus, my shepherd. The funny thing about trust is that none of us came pre-wired for it. It's not in any of our default settings. It has to be learned. It has to be learned. And it takes time. We often fight it, resist it. But the truth is, Jesus is fully capable of caring for you. He's fully capable of caring for you. Your shepherd knows what he's doing in your life. I know it may not seem like it now, but just do this with me, okay? If you doubt it, if you doubt it, okay? Take a moment and look back. Look back. Look, we're going to do this a couple of times in this series. We're going to look back in the rearview mirror of where the shepherd has brought us to this point. Think about all of the things that you have survived in your life that you never thought you would have. Because I hear people say it. I hear you say it. I don't think we're going to make it through this. I don't think my marriage is going to make it. I don't think I'm going to survive this. I don't think I'm going to make it through the surgery. I don't think I'm going to make it through this time of depression. I don't think we're going to be able to survive uh, financially. You look back over your life and think about the times when you just knew it's over. You just felt it. That's it. I'm tapping out. I can't go on. And here you are. Because along the way, in ways you never knew, you never understood, you can't see and know and understand what the shepherd was doing. All along the way, he's making you to lie down in green pastures. He's leading you beside the still waters. And he is restoring your soul in ways you can't fathom as a sheep. Just be thankful for it. Just be grateful for it. And know that we are called to complete trust in Him and His care for us. I, I love, I love, I love the song that we sang. 150 years old. For 150 years the church has been singing, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. That part of the song that says, How I've proved Him. How I've seen the evidence or, or and or, or in other words, over and over and over and over again. If I look back, I see it. It was there then. I didn't know it then. It didn't feel like it then. But looking back, I see it. That was the shepherd. That was the shepherd. That was the shepherd. Oh my, look what all he's done to get me here. So, oh, for grace, God, give me grace to keep trusting you, to do for me now and in the future what you've done in the past to get me to where I am now. And maybe you don't even like where you are now. Good news is he ain't done leading you. It's not over. But you are in complete dependence and under the complete care and called to complete trust in the shepherd. That's how I know that it's going to be okay. In fact, one more thing. You might want to write that down. Just, just write it out. What would it be like for you to just, it's going to be okay. Underline it. Circle it. Highlight it. 
It's going to be okay. What if you told yourself every day, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Not because there's not problems. Not because there's not difficulties. It's going to be okay. Why? Because you're under the complete care of a shepherd. It's going to be okay. He got you this far, and he ain't done with you yet. It's going to be okay. What if we told each other often? Not in a cliche way, but because as one sheep to another, we know it's going to be okay. 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 Believe it. Receive it. Jesus, our shepherd, cares for us in ways we cannot possibly fathom. And the more and more we clue into it, the more we can be assured it's going to be okay. Let's talk to our shepherd together right now. Our Father, we proclaim with David that you are our shepherd. Jesus is our Savior, the good shepherd who laid his life down for us. We proclaim that. We, we take great comfort in that. And we also admit that we are sheep, but we're thankful that we're your sheep. And I know that my fellow sheep brothers and sisters here, many of them, are hurting. Many of them feel isolated. Many of them are wondering where you are and what you're doing and what you're allowing and what you're up to. Father, we acknowledge we can't see what you see. We don't know what you know and we can't understand what you understand. We are completely dependent on you every day. We are under the complete and total care of you in every way. And may we receive the call to completely trust you in every part of our lives. We thank you for being our shepherd, for allowing us to be your sheep. In Jesus' name.